Hello there, and welcome to Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, the Writer's Room podcast dedicated to fixing the Star Wars sequels. This week is part three of Fixing the Force Awakens, and we'll be covering Act 2B of our beat sheets up until the low point. If none of that makes sense to you, fear not. I'll explain in a moment, but for now, I'm Bryce Quinn, and I'm joined by my writing co-pilot, Carmela Keating. Hey, Bryce, how you doing? I'm going pretty good. I'm very excited for this week. Yeah. I've, this good. is this is the part I'm the most happy with. Okay, cool. Immediately after that, it all falls to pieces. Right. I don't mind the back half of my uh, my beat sheets. Oh, it also helps that I've gone and done some more research into uh, Save the Cats. <laughs> I uh, finally convinced A bit more him. stuff back into the 3X structure, so it's like, we're going to go shoehorn all that back in. Uh, and maybe sort of retroactively change some things from the last <laughs> few weeks, but it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Who's joining us today, Bryce? We are also joined this week by our new whipmaster, Emily Holden. Emily, it's so good to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for having me back today. I'm so happy to be back, and I'm so excited to be back into this specifically. And to be our whipmaster. Yeah, I'm terrified, excited. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I, um, I love saying that to Sandra because it makes him so uncomfortable, but you seem really like happy to take on the role. I'm comfortable with the uncomfortable. <laughs> it's all I sit in daily. Really? You ready to shoot You're- some? shoot down some ideas today yeah every day it's your job to keep us in line it's your job to make sure can i make like a but just eh. (laughs) just leave it at that to make the buzzer noise yeah okay last week we continued our beat sheets of the force awakens this week is act 2b the third quarter of the film which covers the enemy's close-in segment and ends with the dark knight of the soul or called the low point sometimes the gloves are off for our characters now and ahead of them lies their greatest challenge yet in the low point their darkest hour before our climactic rise into act three so we're going to just talk about some structure stuff Use some examples, talk about some, some some of our favorite movies. Yeah, so where are we leaving off with today's episode? At what sort of like, after they've just come out of their Dark Knight of the Soul, where they're like, okay, we feel, you know, imbued with a new drive, but, you know, th- we've still got a long way to go? Yeah, well, it, it depends, because, you know, let's let's talk about structure, Melody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so with the Save the Cat beat sheet, it is, you know, it goes to the Dark Knight of the Soul, and then there's the break into Act 3. Yes. And whatever that break looks like, whether that is a rise, or if that is like a, I guess I have to do this now, I haven't really learned my lesson yet. It can be a bunch of different things, but no matter what, it's, you've had this, your lowest point in the story, and then you have to choose, or you're forced to choose, some path forward. And yep. that's the break in Act 3, in yep. some way. So, it's, you know, all this kind of structure stuff is always fun to talk about because you can find a million examples of, of movies or stories that don't fit the mold yep. <laughs> and that don't fit into this structure. But in the traditional sense and with movies like Jurassic Park, which is the one we keep coming back to each week, we'll talk, I've got my, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll read yeah, it out. Yeah, um, so in Jurassic Park, the midpoint is the T-Rex escapes and Dennis Nedry uh, and the storm like messes up the whole park, shuts the power down, right? That's the midpoint. The power is offline and the characters have to find their way out. That's the whole point of Act 2B. Alan Grant spends the night protecting Hammond's grandkids and learns he can share his love of paleontology with them rather than give up one for the other. So that's his Dark Knight of the Soul and that's his kind of emotional journey is is learning to love these kids and learning that he doesn't have to choose kids or paleontology because that's kind of his internal struggle and that's what he's struggling against with the Dark Knight of the Soul. That's what it's it's all about. Uh, And that's, you know, an internal journey. But as an external journey, you've got the other characters. The enemies close in. The T-Rex is chasing them uh, while they're trying to get away from it in their buggy and stuff. So that's just the action side of the the post midpoint story and the enemies close in. But yeah, so that's Jurassic Park. Yeah, I mean, I guess the good thing about that you mentioned that some characters still have a far bit to go but yeah. i feel like for alan grant specifically in that movie he from that moment he doesn't really not develop further but that's kind of his like well that's his arc you know yeah he's that's like, his high point he's i've spent this it. dark night in the jungle with these kids and you know I'm like maybe maybe i can learn to love ki- kids you know maybe yeah. i don't have to be such a grouchy old man yeah and i think in those movies where it is action movies for the rest of the movie, it is just about survival and that's okay. As long as they do go through those changes because there'll be movies where they don't. And you're yeah. like, yeah. I've heard studio Binder reference that, uh, that key line of his, 
uh, once they've all gotten away at the end, where he's like, Mr. Hammond, I've decided not to endorse your park. And you can see that at that point in the story, his mind also would have been made up about yeah. that, where he's like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, this was a bad idea from the start. Yeah. We've also got Star Wars A New Hope. So Alderaan is destroyed. That's our midpoint. The Falcon is trapped within the Death Star, and the characters must free the princess and escape the Empire. Ben Kenobi dies, leading to Luke Skywalker's Dark Knight of the Soul, which is exactly, I think, one minute or so long. Uh, very short. <laughs> he sits there and he's like, oh, I'm so sad. And Leia comforts him, which is hilarious when yeah, you think about yeah, it, yeah. because she just lost her whole planet. But hey, what are you going to do? It was, the, it was the 70s. Yep. <laughs> maybe, maybe Leia never really cared. <laughs> Yes. Have we ever thought about that? Let's rephrase it. Funnily yeah. enough, yeah. I haven't thought about no? that, Mello. <laughs> hmm. There had to be some annoying people there too, right? <laughs> Maybe it wasn't all bad. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Um, but yeah, so that's, you know, that's that part of the journey for them. So the stormtroopers are chasing them all through the Death Star. They're trying to escape. Ben Kenobi is sneaking through, dismantling the, uh, what's the tractor beam? The tractor beam. Um, and they make their way out, but not before the mentor has to sacrifice himself. And this is all real classic stuff. You know, the mentor has to die so that the young learner can, you know, uh, complete the quest, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Then we've got Jaws. So yep. Chief Brody hires an old shark hunter named Quint, and they head out to sea. After coming face to face with the shark, they realize they need a new plan. The Dark Knight of the Soul sees them sharing war stories and singing sea shanties in the cabin. That was a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's their Dark Knight of the Soul is literally these three men. Sharing stories, uh, drinking together and, and, and singing. I was thinking Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. So they're in Moria by this point in Fellowship of the Ring, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think, to me, it would be the bit where they alert the goblins to the mm -hmm. fact, you know, like that Pippin knocks the fucking bucket down the, the yes, well. Yes, yes. The enemies close in, big old fight, they have to escape the Balrog, Gandalf dies, they're all weeping out. Side and they're like, nah, we got to keep going. And then they come across Loth Lorien and get taken in by the elves. Yeah, I think you've made a huge blunder here. So I love Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. And the enemies close in is in the sense of, yeah, like he knocks the bucket down and he draws yeah, the yeah. goblin stuff. Yeah. But more than that, Gimli thought Moria was safe. He thought yeah. they were going yeah, to visit yeah, yeah, family. Yeah. But the enemies close in in such like a huge geographic sense. Yep. They are now swarming through the hills and the mountains and they've destroyed this entire civilization of dwarves yeah. because of Sauron. So the enemy is still closing in, still from a distance, but in this like really massive sense as yep. well. I well, Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go for a really, really basic and obvious what do you got? answer. Barbie. Oh, fuck yeah. Barbie. It has just, and it's also very, very obvious and it's very spelled out to the audience, but in a good way. Um, Obviously, when Barbie comes back, Ken's have taken over. Not a line I ever thought I would say. And <laughs> she just loses all her hope, all her faith. Everything she'd ever fought for, gone, destroyed. She can't help the people in the real world. And we get that beautiful speech from... America Ferreira. Yeah. Her amazing speech of, it's okay. Yeah. Like, you can't be enough, and that's okay. You don't have to be enough. Yeah, all of these standards are unrealistic. Yeah, yeah and I think it's one of the really... I think the main change throughout each of these movies, it's it's just acceptance. Like, 90% of character growth is just accepting something that was always there, accepting that you can't be perfect, except that you can have both kids and... Love dinosaurs. <laughs> no, I said that. That's, that's a valid love to have in life. Like, all yeah. these is really just about acceptance, and I think Barbie spells it out in such a beautiful way that relates so well to society that we've been saying all along. But yeah, Barbie. No, that's a great pull. I've been looking for, like, those classic examples that everyone's seen, but Barbie's a really great one as well, because I'm sure yeah. most people listening have seen Barbie and... It's another yeah. one that really fits well into the into the structural mold and you have all those points. And the low point in particular where Barbie just gives up, lays on the ground, you know. She's so real for that. <laughs> yeah. She's so real. So, yeah, talking about structure, like, you can see clearly, like, across those four or five different, um, those films, that's kind of the shape of it. The enemies close in, both 
in, in multiple different ways and in, in multiple different levels. And the story ramps up in tension and it's supposed to be heading towards the climax and spinning and, and adding tension and gravitas to everything up until the low point. And there should be some kind of false defeat or false victory. Those aren't necessarily hard and fast rules. I don't believe in that necessarily, but that's it, it is a, a common trend where it's like, you know, Alderaan's destroyed by the Death Star. That seems like a you know undefeatable thing. It's like, oh, we are we're lost here. Leia's lost. We're all lost. Like, yeah. how can we fight against yeah. this massive Death Star? But then after that, obviously, they managed to win. True. Well, they, I mean, their false victory is thinking that they got away, but yeah. they had a, a tracking device. Oh on, yeah, I guess Falcon, I guess it's know? also like losing Ben Kenobi is the is the like false defeat, and then the false victory is also the tracking device. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, no, it's yeah, all sorts of stuff. But I feel like if, it, it's not as much of a false defeat because like you're very aware that he's given himself up in that moment like it's a false defeat for the characters but not the audience yeah 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 the audience kind of gets it but yeah so that's kind of what you're seeing in the story it's amping up and then we get to the low point and the character has to go through their hardest trial and like go through really go through it this is where you get to have fun as a writer and make them suffer that's the best part i'm going to jump into my beat sheet and i'm going to do a quick recap the last beat we ended on was my midpoint which was Phasma fires her kyber laser on the new empire and their yep. biggest their biggest stronghold and yep. destroys it as Finn, Ray, and Ben are approaching Phasma's ship and they see that and Finn is distraught. He's like, "Oh my god, that's where I was trying to get to. I was trying to save them. I failed." Ray for the first time thinks, "Maybe Phasma needs to go down. Maybe this person's evil and maybe I'm going to join Ben's side." And Ben is I Ben is thinking, "I need to rescue my dad and I need to stop Phasma." So, they all head into Phasma's ship together. And that's where we end. We cut to Luke senses the disturbance of another kyber laser being fired as he and Leia enter the New Republic debate hall. Leia and Hux begin their debate and midway through, Hux discovers the most recent attack and wins the debate in a landslide. The Senate votes for the creation of a New Republic kyber weapon and Leia renounces her position of Senator. Her and Luke then leave with Lando in the Millennium Falcon. So they are leaving the Senate altogether. Beat 2. Ray and Ben arrive in Phasma's flagship. Ben disguised as a bounty hunter and are escorted to the bridge by First Order troopers. Ray tries to hand over Finn and receive her, her bounty, but Phasma reveals she doesn't have the money yet. Before Ray can stop him, Ben attacks Phasma, knowing that this is his only chance, but they are outmatched. Ray, Ben, and Finn are all placed in prison. So he just goes full on, like, fuck it, I'm reckless. Yum. So they Ray is trying to get the bounty for Finn, but yep. Phasma put like this one million credit bounty on him or some, yeah. some ridiculous sum, yeah. and she's like, I'm going to have the money. Yeah. Once I build my huge army, yeah. I'm going to have Sorry, I didn't get down to the ATM yet. Yeah, I haven't got the money with me right now, but I'll pay you soon. And Ray's like, oh, that makes things real bad. And she looks at Ben and Ben's like, well, I've only got this one shot. Yep. Meaning, so what that does is Ray, her goal in this story yeah. is to get the bounty. Still, of This course. makes it impossible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so she got so close to it, and then... Ben, once again, is taking away kind of her uh, her choices and making the choice for her. He's like, well, I've only got this shot now. I'm going to attack Phasma. Yep. Is is Phasma the type of person who would actually pay them or just kind of? Good question. Because I'm know. thinking, would it not be easier to, why would she pay her? It's she, one body. As written in this, she's very ruthless. Her whole plan is built on like just destroying planets and wiping out the Hosnian Prime system. Mm. That's her yeah. goal. That's her plan. Um, so maybe, it, maybe and if she's maybe she as ruthless, intend. however, we also do see in the other mo- movies, Darth Vader has his own little group of bounty yeah. like, hunters. Like, is yeah. it something like she generally respects bounty hunters and is like you can be useful to me? I, I kind of like the misdirect where it's yeah. like you know, like okay, so you know, here's the trooper. Thanks. Can I have my credits? No, 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 no. <laughs> there were never any credits. No, thanks for the trooper. And, and you know, guards, you know, get her. And then Ben be like, nah, yeah, have, have yeah. a go, you know. Yeah, but I, and I 100% agree, but I also feel like the lady blew up a planet. Yeah. She was like, 
No, Phasma's a person of their word. No, yeah. there's, there's, there's the principles of Phasma. We'll blow up a planet. We'll yeah. still pay a bounty. I yeah. will pay you. I'm not. So insane. what I like is the irony of if Ray had come with just Finn and no Ben mm. and Phasma had said, I'll pay you. Just give me a couple days and I can make it work. And Ray would be like, sure, great. I don't give a shit about anything. She's detached and cold and separate from the galaxy and its troubles. And then she gets the money and Phasma gets to do her plan. But because she's there with Ben mm. and it's because Ben only has this one moment and he's taking away Ray's autonomy by mm. acting and and starting the fight. That's what leads to Ray later on being really mad and upset with Ben. So that's yep. why that's why okay. I like yep. the irony of the, of okay. the situation there. Cool. But okay. definitely a lot I still I don't have the answers for you, Emily, of yeah. like what is well, Phasma's feel, kind of I feel like on we this? could do you could do both. You yeah. could be like Phasma goes to kill her, Ben defends her, and Ray's and Ray can still be like, dude, she was going to pay me. <laughs> yeah. Just pulled out her gun first. It's exactly. All right, beat three. The trio discovers they have been placed in prison alongside Han Solo and Chewbacca. After reuniting, Han and Ben try to launch an escape plan, which fails. I have no details on this. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> so they're in prison together and we get kind of a reunion. Ray gets to meet Han. Finn gets to meet Han and Chewie. And Finn's kind of, you know, starstruck, but in the really bad way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Han and Chewie, we kind of actually get, finally get to have some screen time with them and, mm. and see that, you know, they've been tortured a little bit. Nothing that wouldn't be allowed on Disney Channel, but... Yeah. Uh, they've had it rough, but they're, it's, it's looking up now that it's they've that been reunited. same, like, screaming torture device from Empire Strikes Back. And we slam the door and it goes to the feet and they walk away and yeah. it's that classic yeah. shot. Yeah. Um, when you say that Finn is a little reverse starstruck, because you know did what? he not call them? I forgot. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. No, in this version, Finn was working with Han and Chewie yep. to take down Phasma. So is his bit like... Sorry, guys. Yeah. Things so now they're all in prison together. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? Like I've said before, the f the whole Finn part of the story is yeah, my least favorite part, and I'm going to rework it significantly. But so that's that. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to see a little throwaway line. I know that they've already been in the in the prison or whatever, but I'd love Hunt to do a little throwaway line, something like, "Yeah, at least it isn't a trash compactor or no, something." Yeah. <laughs> Some somewhere. Everyone loves the trash compactor line. All right, beat four. Luke and Leia arrive in the ship, fighting their way through security to free our heroes, as well as Han and Chewie. Rey, however, chooses to stay behind. She is done being dragged around the galaxy and has no reason to fear Phasma. She's like, I got no beef with this lady. Wait, Luke and Leia arrive. Luke and Leia uh, have arrived on the Millennium Falcon to rescue everyone. Where, how do they, wait, what? Fuck. Hold on. Were they not where, on where are Yeah, Phasma's They ship, were so in the Senate Senate. and they have left the Senate to go find Ben and Han. Oh, they found them? Good point. Okay, that's right. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is the thing. So with Luke in the early part of the story, Ben leaves in the X-Wing and yep. he goes to Maz Kanata. And that's how he's kind of able to track down Han and Finn and get into the story. Luke, I'm imagining, wouldn't think to do that. He wouldn't think to go to Maz Kanata. He wouldn't exactly know where to find them. But I mm. feel like at this point, they've they've heard about the destruction of Jabba's palace. They've heard about the destruction of the, the new empire, their planet and everything. Maybe that's given them the location. Maybe right. if they're like, oh, well, if we just go to there, just we'll find there. the ship. Yeah. And Phasma's just like chilling out still, just basking in the glory of, oh, Feels I good. destroyed that. <laughs> Look at me. So yeah, I'm not actually sure uh, what that <laughs> so midpoint is of how they find uh, Phasma's ship, but yep. they've got to find yeah, Phasma's ship. Yeah. I don't know. For how much trackers are used, how do people not just have their own little trackers in them? Like, you lose the keys, lose your loved one. Like, they're just, there aren't <laughs> enough trackers in Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars needs some equivalent to iPhones where it's like, find really? My, find my Jedi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> find my droid. Down, 
Download now. <laughs> yeah. New from Microsoft. <laughs> so anyway, they they arrive in the ship and they fight their way through. And we, what I'm imagining is all of these characters are in the jail cell and they're yep. hearing like blaster fire and yelling and stuff. And yep. then the door opens and it's Leia and Luke. And yep. they've been saved and they're like, amazing. This gives us the, re- the reunion that I want, which is Luke and Leia get a moment with Han and Chewie. And they all get to reunite on screen and it's beautiful. And they get to be there with Ben and Rey is like, I don't want any part of this. And so they get to have a fun little mini adventure as they escape Phasma's ship. Beat 5. Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, Finn, and Ben fight their way out of the ship and make it to the hangar. There, they find Phasma holding Rey hostage. Han Solo sacrifices himself to save her and all manage to escape the ensuing battle. Han passes away on the Millennium Falcon, surrounded by his family. Damn. So that's how Han dies, Mm. in my version. He does like one of those dives in front, takes the shot, but they still manage to drag his body off. Yeah, so how I'm imagining this is, so as they all leave the prison, Rey stays behind. Yep. And then Phasma, after maybe having like been drawn off to somewhere on the other side of the ship, goes to that prison and finds Rey there. And she's like, where is everyone else? And they have a back and forth. And this is where I want it to become personal between Rey and Phasma. Yeah, I feel like that's their escape plan. They like sl- cause some sort of distraction. Yeah, cause a distraction, free all the prisoners, get back to the Falcon. Yep. And you know who's good at causing distractions? BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Have you had BB-8 this whole time? Yeah, he's just around. Okay, but cool. he's, raised, he's raised droid in this, True. so I don't know. I've got to figure out a place for these fucking droids. Yeah. So he's in like a droid, a droid jail, like <gasps> next door. You yeah. just hear like the little screaming. <laughs> what do they do in a droid de- jail? Do they like? I'm gonna, I want to move two gigabytes of memory. Oh, I've from seen your, it from your drive. I'll drop you in the tub. Don't think I won't do it. They do it in Clone Wars. They use them as um, shooting target practice. Oh. Um, the Mandalorian Death Group. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They also, in I believe, Return of the Jedi, yeah, have that. the big heat press on the feet, That's, which is that doesn't hilarious. even touch them. Yeah, have yeah, yeah. That? Oh god. That's what happens with Ray and Phasma, and then Ray. Oh, Phasma is like, I can make use of you. You can be my hostage. And Ray is confused by this. She gets pulled into the hangar and she's used as a hostage. She has no idea why these people would care. They, she doesn't understand why Han Solo would care about her or why any of these people would care about her. They don't know her. But Han Solo is a hero. And so he's walking out and he's doing like a bit of a standoff with Phasma. And then he shoots the gun out of Phasma's hand. But all of the other troopers, all the other First Order troopers there, they fire on him. Han shot first. Before Luke can get to him and, and deflect lasers and stuff. So he gets shot fatally. Ooh, like yep. Order 66. I mean, yeah. The flashbacks like that, where yeah. you see them... Yeah, just like a bunch of First Order Troopers there. And so, basically, the outcome of this is Rey gets to escape on her ship, everyone gets to escape on the Millennium Falcon, and Phasma is now like, I blame Rey for this. I got my revenge on Han Solo, but now it's personal between me and Rey. And Han Solo dies on the Falcon. I like this death for Han. Mm. He gets to see everyone, they get to have a nice reunion, and he gets to die surrounded by friends and family. It's not, you know, he's not alone on a bridge where Kylo Ren stabs him, and the only people who witness it are Rey and Finn. It's just, I feel like this is a better end. Is he not dead dead already is he not going to be like too dead he's like mostly he gets dead. shot fatally but it's yeah. a very perfect movie fatal injury right, right, where yeah, he gets to that. talk and yep. say goodbye <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. i was gonna say if you want to be like extra mean about it you know how they have like those doors in star wars and it's like glass at the top so you can see the glass yep. in yep. but it still closes it could be something like he gets shot closes the door with like a bloody hand oh, and wow. they're all on the other side and just see them keep shooting at him. You do your Spock and oh. Kirk moment? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, just no. keep shooting at him and you just see the bloody hand. Or you can give him happiness on the path. Yeah. I've dearly missed your level of fucked upness, Emily. <laughs> That's great. It does, it does get dark. Um, <laughs> do we have our moment? Because say what you will about Rise of Skywalker, it's trash. Yeah. But I do like when the Falcon just jumps 
just launches from from just when it's like just outside that hangar that everyone just gets thrown. I was imagining something yeah. like that. Yes, nice. actually, yeah, nice, nice, for, nice. for sure. Uh, there's, just, there's something about just treating stormtroopers as uh, bowling pins, just drag dolls. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. fun. So, anyway, sorry. Beat six. Ray distraught over everything that's happened. Oh, I meant to change this. Change it. Quick, change it now, live in the moment. Flies back to the space station, but doesn't land there. She's just kind of hovering in space. Yep. And she's just confused and distraught, and she's overwhelmed by everything that's happened. But she's also feeling way sadder than she thinks she should be. And mm. she doesn't know where all yep. of this is coming from until she connects with Ben through the dyad for the first time. And Ben blames her for the death of Han Solo. I was thinking he would, because yeah. he's unreasonable like that. Yeah, of course yeah. he is. And he's the villain, ultimately. Uh, but yeah, How so that's... he held hostage like that? So they kind of share their Dark Knight of the Soul together, because... Luke tells Ben, hey, I need you to step out of this fight. Like, you need, you need to step out of this. Like, you've just lost your dad. And I, I love you dearly. You're my apprentice. But it's too emotional for you right now. And yep. You can't be a part of this conflict because you're going to... Something bad's going to happen. Like, yeah. you might fall to the dark side or anything. And yeah. Luke's thinking all of this. Yeah. All he says is, you need to stay out of this. And that's, again, that's Luke not trusting Ben. Yeah. Just up from Ben's perspective, all he's saying is, fuck you, old man. You, know? yeah. you don't think I can handle it. Um, and I think, you know, we want Luke to be a good teacher, but I think this is his only choice in this situation. Oh, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a Jedi master and he's just lost his best friend and he's distraught, but he can he can control it. He can manage it. He can yeah. regulate it because there's something needs to be done. They need to defeat Phasma, but he knows that Ben can't. He knows Ben's going to try and do something crazy. Mm. Beat eight. Leia organizes with Admiral Akbar and Mon Mothma, mobilizing a new force called the Resistance, comprised mostly of old rebellion fighters and allies of Leia, to join the fight against Phasma. And Wedge Antilles flight school. <laughs> yeah, Wedge Antilles is there too. I have one yeah. other question about the last beat. Sure. How does Ray know it gets personal between Phasma now? Because if everything's going down in a fight, like does Phasma put a bounty out on Ray? Now that she's seeing she's being hunted, or like how? So the third target of Ray of Phasma's death laser. The first was Jabba's palace to yep. defeat the crime lords. The second was the New Empire to take out her biggest opposition and to consolidate all of the power into the First Order. The third target was going to be Hosnian Prime. But after this, Phasma's thinking, you know what? I can take out some neutral territory because she's discovered oh. where Ray's from. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, and so okay. she wants to send the message to the galaxy. You're either with me or against me. That's it. Yep. There's no other option. You can't be neutral. You can't stay out of this. Because that's what Ray wanted. And that's what Ray was trying to say to Phasma in the prisons. Like, I have no beef with you. I don't want any part of this. I just want to go back to this name of Space Station. Kind yeah, of thing. Okay. I haven't named it yet. But... Mandalore vibes. Okay. And so when Ray escapes and gets away from Phasma, Phasma's like, I'm coming to kill your Space Station. <laughs> and that's why. And that's why it's personal. Um, because... Phasma wanted to take all of them. She wanted to get Luke and Leia and Ben and all of them um, and, and have all of the power. And Ray, in Phasma's eyes, Ray has cost her that. Okay. So that's why she's hunting Ray down to her space station instead of going to Hosnian Prime. Oh, Phasma and Ben are kind of alike. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Phasma, really petty, and she's going to go to the space station um, and, and take it out. And when Ray finds this out, it's, yeah, that's kind of a part of her Dark Knight of the Soul as well is just... She feels overwhelmed by all this loss and the, confused by the Force and everything that's been happening and all of these people trying to make to tell her what her life should be, and she needs to decide that she's going to try and defend the the space station where she grew up and all the people that she knows. Yeah, cool. So that's her story, uh, and that's where she's kind of ending the Dark Knight of the Soul. Nice. Like, I have to fight for something. So you're, um, like, third act, you said you're still working on. The third act, I'm trying to pull together. I yeah. realized it was a bit messy than I wanted it to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you can kind of see where it's heading, where Phasma's going to the space station, she's going to try and blow it up. Luke and Leia are going to try and stop her. Ben's going to be weird in this one and ray needs to figure out who and what she's gonna fight for and why nice okay over to mello you guys want to like store for a sec while i get my notes up um yeah sure i think the one thing with ray's home and obviously seeing it blown up 
I think it'd be good to have just even something at the start of the movie that just establishes she cares for a little, like just yeah, some little personal element, something from her childhood, something like I don't know. Even we see, mm, that's a bit dark. No, I just let's, say it let's anyway. Let's see it. Even if it's like I don't know, like she's getting food or something, and she gives a bit away of her portion yeah. to like a little kid sitting next to her, and then when she goes back, she sees the little kid's body. <laughs> <laughs> Dead what, kids. Just like, Emily, you never, you never fail to impress. Or like a toy, <laughs> toy could work too. Yeah. Man, why? Why isn't all Star Wars just MA? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What it's I'm Star saying, Wars. Man. Star Wars. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready to go. Last I left off, we had, uh, we had Ray Finn. I was gonna say Poe, but it's like no, he's removed. Poe's uh, gone. Poe's gone from these stories. Ray Finn, <laughs> for now. For now. Ray we'll Finn see. and Ben surviving together, jungle adventures, starting to bond a little bit. Finn's still rocky in his motivation and that sort of thing. Yeah. Our midpoint is now very clearly, as I realize, the revelation that all three characters know that Ray has the force. And okay. that's not great for Finn because he's like, ah, I feel outnumbered here. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, uh, maybe I'm not feeling as trusting as I thought I was. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I spoke about the mine last time. Discovery that's where mine. you ended off is yeah, they no. are journeying together on sort of rocky ground in terms of yeah. friendship and yeah. they find the Kyber mine together. Yeah. yeah. No, that'll be the next thing. That's a, that's after our midpoint. So that's where yeah. I'm going to pick up. Yeah. We, we, they come across a mine. They're like, Okay, what's going on here? We're going to probe a little bit further, yada, yada, yada. They start, you know, sneaking around. They realize it's like a mine run by slaves, like or like, like slave owners and like everyone there is enslaved. Uh, and we see some symbolism that it's like, wait a minute, this is, this is a new Republic mine. Mm. There's new Republic insignia everywhere. Something strange is going on here. Heroes being heroes, Ben and Ray kind of being like, yeah, shit. Okay. We need to put a stop to this. And they're going to try and hatch a plan to liberate the mine. Uh, and, and Finn's just like, yeah, let's do it. He's willing to go along with this. At some point, Finn gets to a, a control panel, finds a moment alone amidst the chaos of, you know, you do this thing, I'll do this thing. And whether or not we tell the audience this at the time, or we just be like, Finn had a moment alone doing something, uh, he's called in the First Order. Found the, found the Jedi, found the, found the, the people we were hunting. Uh, and also, yo, Kyber mine, come check it out. Uh, <laughs> we love these. We love these cover mine things. It's great. So they get to the control center. They're like attempting to call in the new republic. They're thinking, no, oh, we're going to need reinforcements. Can't do this solo. The first order arrive. They take control of the scene. They start killing guards, killing slaves, taking this Kyber. Like, you know, like they've come in on, on troop transports and like, yo, load it up. Here we go. Resources. Uh, anyway, first order eventually catches up to them, breaks into the control room, and then they swarm into that room. Uh, Phasma. Congratulates Finn on his successful operation. Ben and Ray hurt and betrayed. Uh, Finn acts all stoic and whatever, but you can tell that there's just there's something off about him, as if like you know he's like he's done this because this is his duty. But there's still an emotional cost here, and maybe it's not exactly the right thing. Ben and Phasma have a bit more of a confrontation. Uh, he's filled with more rage than ever. Uh, they take him to a transport, and the first order begins retreating with their troops. Ben is taken uh, by captive by a bunch of troopers. Finn says he'll personally escort Ray. He gives her a chance to escape, uh, which he does. He's like, look, uh, he bas it basically tells her, run away. You're not a part of this. None of, the, you, you, you know, none of this is about you. You can go be free. She objects. She says she has a job to do. Uh, she won't let them get away with this. And he basically just kind of wakes her up to the facts from his perspective. She's not a hero. She's just a bounty hunter. This isn't worth it. She's nothing. Just go. Defeated. The first order takes off. Ray is able to like take off in a small ship or like I had like an escape pod or some shit. And first order fires on the mine below, jump to hyperspace, leaving Ray alone in space. 
thinking on everything that's just happened. We've both completely done Ray alone in space. Ray needs to be alone in space. She I agree. needs to think about her actions. That's where yeah. I want her to start the story as well. Yeah. Like I, I want that to be our first image with Ray. If she's just kind of alone in space. Yeah. Sorry, I'm really bad at giving you guys a break in. So, okay, <laughs> unpack. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it seems like Finn calls in the First Order. Yeah. And the First Order attacks. The New Republic comes in, attacks the First Order. Not the, the, sorry, New Republic's never there. They were, they were oh, going okay. to call them in. So why does the First Order leave this situation? Like, leave the situation? Yeah. Why stay? Did, like, get the Kyber Crystals? Yep. Right, okay. So yep. they come in, they strip mine the Kyber Crystals. <laughs> Well, they come in, they, they take what's being mined. Like, things okay. are being mined. Oh, they're so like, it's more like a, like a pirate it's coming. Yeah, it's a loot thing. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so they're not, like, trying to take over the, the production. They're trying yeah, to take no, exactly. The, they're just taking the goods. Yeah, but they've, they've come across this thing. It's like, oh, this is a New Republic mine. Gotcha. No, 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 I can't have that. Blam! And, and they so, blow it up. so Ray and Ben try and stop this from happening? Ray and Ben just try and stop the mine. Just the mine. They're like, they're like okay. just like... This is this is sus. This is strange. Sorry, I got muddled up in my notes. I was gonna have it be like, "This is immoral. We're gonna get to or immoral. We're gonna get to the uh, control yeah. center." And Ben's like, "We need to call in the New Republic." Ray's like, "Fine." So this is a New Republic mine, and they're this calling is, in the New. They discover. That's never gone that wrong. Sorry, they discover that it's a New Republic mine before it's like you know we we control. Hey, control room people, what the fuck is up? Fuck you, you know, guns in their heads in their face. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna call call the New Republic in because this is wrong. And they're mm. like, "This this is a New Republic mine." Interesting. Yeah. What? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And Whoa. that's where they find that Sorry, out. Sorry, yeah. That's, and then yeah. at yeah. that point, it's for me, it's just like, for Ray, yeah. for her personally, it seems like, why doesn't she just take Finn and leave and grab a ship? If they've gone to this mine, seemingly there'd be at least one ship there that she could be like, I'm taking that and I'm leaving now. Yeah. Kind of thing. Well, you know, because so, so Ray's big thing still is this bounty. Yeah. Her motivation is still this bounty. A bounty was about information on the First Order. Which gotcha, 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 gotcha. She has some of, but not enough. So it's seemingly like you're like, Basically, she's never going to get what she's setting out to achieve. Yeah. The process of that is where she's changing and she's going to evolve and find that new sort of motivation. But her a whole get this, you know, the bounty was for information on the First Order. She's never going to get there. Yeah. never. Go- that's never going to be accomplished because that's, that's not the point. Yeah. So. And also, if she's a bounty hunter obsessed with money and a kyber crystal mine, yeah. I feel like when she first walks in, she's going to start taking shit. That couldn't hurt. Yeah. But um, my question, when they come in and start like taking the kyber crystals and killing the people, yep. is that when Finn starts to be like killing people? Or is Finn, uh, is Finn past the point where he's aware of what they're doing? He's aware they're killing people. Yes to the first. I'm going to say yes to the first and act like it was like that the whole time. No. Um, <laughs> no brilliant point. And I'll, yes, I like that. So I'm going to, yeah. Okay, that's great. cool. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Because yeah. I was like, what, yeah, what makes him change? Mm, I think that's, that helps. That's that the motivator. Helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I missed a bit of that. Are you saying that Finn sees the, the First Order killing these people at the mine and they and then he goes, oh, I don't like that? Well, my yeah. kind of thing, what I think would could be a good moment is the Empire comes in, takes the Kyber Crystal, they have it loaded up. Finn obviously walks over to him. Phasma's like, oh, great job. And then you, he looks a little sad, but he's he like looks at his friend. He's like, oh, this is sad, whatever, but, you know, i got a job to do. And then Phasma lines them all up. And then he watches them all die, and that's oh when he realizes it's not just about the Kyber Crystal, and that's when he can then make the decision. Actually, I'll transport, right? Because then he's like, gotcha. oh, well, if they're willing to kill them, yeah, yeah. I didn't know we're going to kill people. Oh, like that's that. a good moment yeah. to take And he never out. really was, like, that big a fan of Ben, but he, he didn't mind Ray. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Why don't you and I, Bryce, just give up on writing Phasma entirely? <laughs> Emily, we we're going to throw that to you. Give okay, me the so sociopath. We'll, we'll write the script. We'll leave gaps in between, and you just go insert Phasma scenes. <laughs> No, that's really great. Yep. No, I, I, you bring up a really great point earlier for me. Is like the internal motivators behind Phasma is something that I haven't considered enough. 
I don't really know what makes her tick. Because it's fine to be bad. You can be bad. Just yeah. Be bad with motive. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I agree. And I, I think she's got to have a motive. So for her plan for me, I've loved the plot implications of that because it's three laser blasts and that's perfect for structure. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Because one's the turning point, one's the midpoint, and one is like the big climactic turn in action. Mm. Um, and you know, they're trying to stop it from happening. You know what you should do, Bryce? What's that, Miller? Every time a laser fires, in, in as we see the laser beam across the screen, you should have a chapter oh, and a title. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> I know you'd love that personally. Fucking. And anyway, don't watch The Killer by David Fincher on Netflix. <laughs> it's think, a bad movie. <laughs> I think it'd also be good that um, throughout the um, series, seeing her actual motives unravel because i think she does come off as someone who's very sociopathic being like oh yeah i wipe out this plan to get this to my enemies i wipe out my plan to get this and then i think even with ray's little space station like to herself she's like oh it's just to show it's neutral fuck you ray i want that one because there's heaps of places that she could do it and i think this is also the first one to show that even if there was a backlash of shooting that specific space station because it shows that phasma's ultimate fault is just like ben she gets angry and in that, she makes a haste decision. Yeah. And that... Yeah, I want her to be a tyrant. You know, I want her to yeah. be like, my goal is to destroy all of my opposition. Everyone who's left has to join me. Mm-hmm. And then together, we will take out Hosgian Prime, raise it to the ground, and then from the ashes, build a new empire. That's her yeah. plan. And that plan has to come from a true psycho. <laughs> a true yeah. psychopath um, can, is the, is the, is the mind behind that plan? Because Palpatine's not like that. Palpatine's deeply evil, but he's manipulative. And he's like, from the shadows, I will puppeteer my new empire. Yeah. And I think, but I think that's doable and she could generally do that and she could kill our heroes. I think we need to set up one flaw in her that makes her lose. Like she can't lose because the heroes need a win. She needs to have a lose because she is like some flaw. Because the villain has to be wrong. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I think what separates for, from Thrawn as well, there's a lot of similarities between the two, but Thrawn is a military strategist. Mm. He cares about winning. Mm. He doesn't, from what I understand, he doesn't necessarily care about the Empire that much. He's not like, he thinks it's good. Um, he's like, it works for me. He, he, he's a, he, he uses people. He uses yeah. people, he uses organizations. So he thought the Empire was the best thing to you know, ensure his personal survival and he could like rise up through the ranks. So he was like, yeah, yeah I'll go along with it. Didn't think anything of the rebellion. If he had, then yeah, he would have turned Cody, would have jumped sides. Yeah. Which is it presents an interesting thing for Ahsoka, yeah. In terms of like the Ahsoka show and like why he would want to continue the Empire, but okay, yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird question, but I think what separates Thrawn and Phasma is that Phasma is like truly evil. She's like, yeah. I hate everyone who's not me and my people. Yep, and I'm going to kill all of them. Yep, <laughs> yep. As opposed to Thrawn, he's like, I can just win by being smarter than you, and I'm gonna. Um, I think that's what separates them. But I I agree, Emily. She needs to have something that really is this internal flaw, like this deep villainous flaw. And I think anger and hatred can yeah, be Yeah, I think her anger will blind her to make a stupid decision. And I think mm. chasing Rey, and instead of going for Hosnian Prime, with all of this yeah. newfound power that she has, uh, instead of going straight to Hosnian Prime and getting them while they're weak, and instead chasing after Rey and sending a message to the galaxy and, and saying, you're either with me or against me, there's no in-between. That's, that's, a, that's a great way to explore her part of that story. Because for, for all of this writing, for me, it's all been about Rey and, and her story and being like her. The anti-theme for her is if I stay out of this, there will be no consequences. I can avoid conflict and nothing bad will happen to me. Because Phasma's the true. opposite. Phasma's like, I have to be in it and I have to. Yeah. But what Rey needs to learn is you have to choose who you fight for. Otherwise, someone else will choose for you. 
Yeah. Um, and that's what Ben's been doing this whole time, and that's what Phasma does at the end as well. So yeah. back into it. Yes. Back into it. Oh okay. shit! I thought you were done. <laughs> no man. So sorry. No, so, I'm sorry. So sorry. So that's okay. So we've had our enemies close in. We've yeah. Had, if, I know, thought you ended with feet. the Dark Knight of the Soul with Ray. No. Oh. Still got this. There's a, I got to climb out first. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Continue. Sorry. Man. That's hilarious. But she is in a Dark Knight of the yeah. Soul. Yeah, but yeah. I need to give her something before I'm going to live on a better cliffhanger yeah. next week. Ray's alone in space. Something enters the atmosphere. The something that was looking for Ben Solo and finally caught up, the Millennium Falcon. So she is brought on board and questioned by Luke and Han. Uh, Ray is quite defeated and mostly afraid, especially of Luke Skywalker, this Jedi. She's you know never been all that trusting of him, of, of Jedi, especially like yo the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, Luke can sense this and he tries to ease her concerns. She does explain everything eventually. You know why she was hired for this this getting intel in the First Order. Uh, the fact that she's spent this whole mission with Ben, uh, you know, the stuff that she found out about the First Order, and that this mine that was just destroyed was commissioned by the New Republic. Ooh. She has no idea where they're going, uh, but the fact that they've destroyed a major city and a mine already gives Han and Luke some ideas. They talk amongst themselves. They jump back to hyperspace. So Leia's kind of... Ray's still in her, like, downward spiral, just Low point, sulking yeah. alone on the Falcon, uh, and Luke comes to talk to her. He He's... I, I see all wise, all knowing sort of Luke. And when it's someone like Ray, he can sense that something's up. Something's going on here. There's something different about this person. So they have a conversation surrounding her abilities that never actually say the words, the force. This was a conversation <laughs> that I just, I had inspiration for a few weeks ago and just wrote it. And I was like, Ooh, I like, uh, so yes, regardless, it helps ease her fears, ease her pain. She starts to feel motivated again. The whole gist of the conversation is helping him realize that it's like, you are who you are. You, you, you know, the abilities you have are the abilities you have. Why run away from them? Why be afraid of them? Why not embrace them? Yeah. And you can, you can learn to control it so that it doesn't just control you. She comes around a bit and she's like, look, let me help in, 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 some, in some way. We're going to cut back to Ben. Time for his dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. Phasma's interrogating him. She tries to sway him against Luke uh, by revealing that she exists because of him. She's alive because Luke spared her. Luke was weak. Luke let her live, and thus her remnant and their de- de- Death Star technology all survived because of Luke Skywalker's weakness. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, I like that. Now Finn goes snooping around on board his ship, and he goes goes looking for a bit, few more, a few more answers to some questions he's now got after this like very life changing experience. He learns a bit more about the First Order, their origins, and he is horrified and appalled at the lies that he has been sold on. And that's the end? That's it. All right, great. That's it for me. Awesome. Yeah. I, I really love the idea of, like, they're both kind of being manipulated, but for good and for bad, like Luke and Phasma. Yeah. 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 But yeah, but yeah, it depends on the intention yeah. of the Master, whereas Luke, I think we can really get a chance to see Luke the empathetic Jedi. Yeah. And Phasma the manipulative will say things whether or not it's true. Now, in my mind, what she's saying is is true from a certain point of view. <laughs> uh and that's, that's, you know, basically just laying the groundwork for the fact that, yeah, Luke and Phasma do have a history. I really love the scene with Luke and Rey. That's fantastic. Um, I, yeah, really just having like a, a sweet moment where you can see that Luke has experience helping people through this mm. and saying like, I can see that you're sensing and feeling the force for the first time much later than I would have liked. Like as a teacher, had I been, had yeah, I been your yeah. teacher, I would have like helped you through this at a much younger age yeah. and this would have been a lot less hard yeah. for you. And you're feeling so much now and you're, it's so overwhelming. And being really sweet and kind and, and, and nurturing, yeah. I would love to see that scene. And what I really like is the juxtaposition between she will have spent all this time with Ben. Ben will have tried to talk to her, 
about the force and she's just the way that he's going about it oh yeah no. and the way that he thinks and feels about the force it's just not it ben is too young he's too brash uh and he's, he's too excited learned, and he's, he's learned from luke and he has some of that wisdom but you cannot be wise and also 20 mm. i know no exactly <laughs> uh so then we get to see the no this is how you should talk about this sort of thing and i love the idea that he uses that line of like it will control you or you can control it because I think that fits perfectly into your story with Ray and the yeah. idea of her controlling her own path and choosing and like taking power back into her own hand and not just being a random bounty hunter, but becoming a hero and choosing a hero. I really like that too. And yeah, being able to say to Ray, it's like you have all of these choices before you, but you can, it's, it's up to you. You can't just do nothing. And yeah. That's what's been leading you to so much chaos and suffering up until this point is yeah. the choice to do nothing. Because guess what? That's a choice too. Yeah. You're making the choice. Yeah. You can't just avoid yeah. choices. And what I've also yeah. got here, uh, fun for ticking boxes, is the, the restatement of the theme. Yes. Yeah. No, before, we get, before we go into act three, it's like, yeah. right. The motivation is clear. The message is clear. Yeah. Let's get it done. So I actually had that um, for Maz Kanata. That's why I had right. to change midway through because I forgot okay. to update my notes. I've realized there's some things that are just a bit messy in Act 3 for me, and she was going to go back to Maz Kanata's castle. Oh, sorry. Maz Kanata's uh, saloon, which is what I've got it as yeah, now, right. yeah. and talk to Maz and say, like, oh, I'm so lost. I'm so alone. I don't know what to do. And Maz can restate the theme for her yeah. and remind her of the journey. But... That doesn't work, and it's better to have Ray spend her Dark Knight of the Soul alone in space. Yeah. I think that's a really great um, thing we've both kind of stumbled onto there. Is mm. It feels like that's where her journey's lowest point should be, is just alone. Just alone, space. yeah. It, it's, it's, and it's kind of like she's, she's back to square one. Yeah, exactly. She started yeah. the story alone, and now she started the story as like, you know, where, where she's just, she's brushed up with adventure. She's brushed up with a, a, a grander purpose and story, and yet here she is still. Yeah. And um, Craig Mazin puts it excellently uh, in Script Notes 403. The low point of the story is where the hero should be caught between the anti-theme, mm. like giving up on the anti-theme and realizing it doesn't work, but it's too scary and too difficult to embrace the theme. And that's what the third act is all about, is, yeah. em is, is embracing the theme through action. Yeah, and this is like the theme and the message, of, especially with Ray, is, you know, like learning to give a shit about something more than yourself, having that, having that grander purpose. And the anti-theme here being like, well, this is the consequence of giving a shit. This is the consequence of doing something. Yeah. You're still alone now. So why continue on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. My only thing for myself is I, I wanted to have parallel heroes journeys for Ray yeah, of course, and yeah. for Ben. Yeah. I feel like I've neglected Ben a little bit. In yeah, this. That's fun. I think it's also good by leaving her alone. You don't like spoofing the spoofing the audience. Like yeah. they kind of have to think on it themselves. And I think also Ray does see what choosing to care about people is so bad. Like she just saw like what can't die like exactly not yeah. that long yeah. ago like she sees the real consequences of it and that's that's ben's part of this journey and i think his low point is for me i want it to be so low it's impossible to get out of in this film mm. i want it to be like the devastation of losing his father right in front of him and blaming ray for it the farthest he comes is in the rest of this film for me is agreeing to fight alongside ray and not just try and kill her <laughs> mm. and blame her for everything that's happened um and then later on that'll be challenged as well but he doesn't get as much of a complete ending for me. He, he Who? Um, ben. Ben, sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Look, there's more so to go. Um, I, think I, we're, we're I want him to be the villain in the next one. That's you do want him to be the villain. Oh, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. When, when you said, oh, he meets up, Phasma tells him that, I was like. Yeah, no, definitely the villain arc, yeah. Yeah, sick. Where are we at now, Bryce? We are at uh, just a discussion and a reflection of uh, of what we've been working on so far and how we're feeling about it. Yeah. 
my my thing that I keep coming back to is the whole Finn being the bounty. It it works to bring Finn into the story. Yeah. But it just it, it, there's just some parts of it that just don't work for me. That's I fair. I also really love having Han and Chewie imprisoned at the start. Yeah. Um, that's that's really worked for me, and having them be the damsels in distress uh, that Ben is trying to it, save. That is a fun little. Uh... I mean, I was, I was going to say they're not used to that, but also Han was used to that. Yeah, I was about to be bit, like, yeah. is he not always the damsel? And that's why, he I does also, it that's why I didn't even question Luke and Leia just finding the ship and breaking him out because they are, to say that they are experienced in breaking each other out of prison is such a gross understatement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think that there's, a, there's some sort of uh, safe manufacturer yeah. in the Star Wars universe or some lock manufacturer. It's like, you know, Jedi proof. <laughs> Not even Luke Skywalker could, could exactly. get through this one. Now you can market that pretty well. Yeah. But yeah, so that's why I didn't even put in that beat of how they find them because it kind of seemed to me like, ah, they find them, hand wave it. I probably should. There probably should be a bit of connective tissue there, but it's not too too difficult of a bridge for me to walk to think that they uh, they can find Han that way yeah. and, and break him out. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to illustrate some things for you. It's going to be really funny. I realized this while I was writing. Yeah, mate. So we start the story. Han and Chewie have been kidnapped and are held by the enemy. Then we meet our hero. The hero must escape their, their life. Yada, yada, yada. At the midpoint, the laser is fired and it's devastating and it changes the whole plot of the story. And then our heroes go inside of the evil ship and they must rescue the damsels in distress, Han and Chewie, and then escape. But on their escape, the mentor dies. Starting oh, so you just realize you're writing a new hope. And I'm like, oh shit, this is very similar to a new hope, which is one of our biggest gripes with The Force yeah. Awakens. But their biggest thing. Well, <laughs> but hear me out. Hear but me. hear me out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just I I think this works better, and for a, a couple different reasons. The first reason: BB-8 does not have secret plans. No, because yeah. the R2 R2D2 secret plans thing. I fucking I hate repeating that with BB-8. Yeah. I think it's ridiculous. I think your similarities with the New Hope is more in the structure. Yeah, it's yes. not in the plot, and I think that's okay. Like you're not you don't have the same visual cues. You don't have the same. MacGuffin yeah. shit, you know? Like, and Ben is trying to save his dad. Yeah. Ray is trying to get a bounty. Yeah, so the, the motivations for them getting there to save Han are very different to Luke Skywalker wants to save a yeah. pretty woman. No one's come but from also, a desert. There aren't X-Wings and a big laser And there's no ball. desert, yeah, for sure. But also, that's just like a heist yeah. structure. That exactly. is just heist structures, which is what Star Wars is. It's but I just, heist. in particular, I noticed that the laser goes off at the same point in the film. So yeah. the, the Death Star destroys Alderaan in the midpoint, and then the Kyber laser destroys the, the new empire at the yeah. midpoint for me as well. And then yeah. immediately after that, they're on the ship, and they've got to escape the ship with the princess or, the, or Han and Chewie. Yeah. So. There's a lot of similarities yeah. there. And then Han dying, you know. I really want to ease Emily's concerns. Uh, maybe you're, you're not in the same sort of wavelength. I do have a key plot of episode eight in my rendition being a heist. I want to make it work, but yeah. I refuse to think about episode eight until I'm happy with episode heist. seven. What's that? Just a droid heist. Droid heist. Just with the little BB-8 and BB-9. Just want, just a Do side they become plot. friends? <gasps> they got to learn to get along? And it, enemies um, to lovers arc yeah, with, with the droids. Absolutely. Well, that's me. I have on right now of the little. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. Spins. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. I don't have enemies to lovers. I just have like unknown to lovers with three uh, PO and that that uh, Senate droid still. <laughs> you know about the Senate droid, right? I'm scared to ask. Oh, okay. I might have to say it off screen then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the, really the listeners know what it is. The listeners know. Yeah. Um. So I'm. I'm really happy with Han Solo for me. I'm really happy yep. that he dies and then he gets to see everyone. We get to have one last little hurrah and he dies heroically. Uh, he, he sacrifices himself heroically and then we get him dragged off under the Millennium Falcon and he dies surrounded by friends and family on the Millennium Falcon. Mm. I think there's a lot of uh, beautiful poetry there and I think it's a great send off to the character. I'm very hesitant to try and kill Luke or Leia after this. Yeah, um, it's not their time. And not in this, not in this film. Never in this film. Right. Okay. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. tease. I'm gonna tease Luke dying for sure. But 
I don't even know if episode eight and nine, because then one of them has to be alone. And I just think it's so unbearably tragic, the idea of leaving Leia alone or yeah. Luke alone without either of the, the other two. The I think that sucks. Yeah. The only thing there, which is like what the obviously the movies did themselves, is that Leia has always suffered the most, and then the movies themselves continue to make her suffer the most. Yeah. Are you doing Dark Hawk into Kylo Ren, or...? I'm going to go right up until the edge and try and bring him back before he goes full Darth Vader, before he goes fully evil. We try okay. not to make him irredeemable. Yeah, he, we want okay. him to be redeemed and to become a hero again. Okay. My question for, and setting this up later down the line, is who does Leia like more, him or Luke? Oh, shit. Like, she like, has to choose between Luke and Ben? Yeah, and if Ben does kill Luke, is that irredeemable in Leia's eyes? Oh, God. Like, how far? <laughs> oh, my when God. When you're talking about, like, she's going to be alone, I'm like, well, she's not really going to be alone if Ben's there. But if Ben kills Luke and that makes him dead to her, yeah. she is alone. I never saw Leia as one of those mothers who, uh, you ever see mothers of, of, of murderers oh. at, their, at their trial? Yeah. Who are like, they just refuse to believe it. Oh, you know, the mothers who refuse to believe, like, yeah. oh, like, I never my baby saw, could never. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Leia's that sort of person. No. Especially considering who her father was and the fact that she had to come to terms with that. Yeah. At some point as well. Uh, yeah. So that's just my brain going down the line. But yeah, I think it would depend on which one of those die. Yeah. Mm. I just don't know if I can bring myself to do it. I think killing Han is, like, something that, you know, Harrison Ford's wanted for a long time. He always wanted Han Solo to die. The character doesn't have a role to play going for he kind of doesn't he no. kind of doesn't really fit in the story and it's it seems like the appropriate time especially if we make it if we make sure that he's a hero and he's been a good father to ben and he's done i don't want him to have done anything wrong i think his arc is complete by the by the end of return of the jedi he doesn't have any more to change or do but his death can be the first step onto the the path of the dark side for ben and then the the ultimate thing that brings him back he's also uh plot wise you need to remove him because he's the reckless will do anything hero yes Whereas, and we can't have that when we have new heroes yeah like luke <laughs> has his restrictions as much as he's more powerful he, he yeah. has his tie downs han will do anything yeah and and leia which has her tie downs in ben. Well. sorry which is what you see in ben yeah no but you're right you're saying ben will go do anything yeah yeah and i feel like there'd be a really good moment where luke could kind of manipulate ben into being like well your father did any, had that kind of brash personality and look yeah. at him now. <laughs> yeah, I agree entirely. Like, we have the, the character space filled. Like, Han Solo has no place in this story, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so, little tease for next week. So, you're going into Death Star Star Destroyer thing. Yes. Is gonna, it is a Death Star Star Destroyer, right? It is, yeah. So, yeah. there's a Star Destroyer with a Death Star laser built into it that it fires things. i got to show a piece laser. of concept art because mine's entirely based off a piece of concept art from Force Awakens. Not, oh, not from Rise of Skywalker. It would look nothing like... That was so dumb. Having the, the... It's like a laser turret on the bottom. Dumb. It's one, unimpressive, and two, Impra makes no sense. It's impractical. Yeah. What if your enemy's above you? Yeah. I mean, mine's not the most practical, but it looks way better in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like a big fucking laser, yeah. and then around the that is the ship built. Yeah, I'll show, I'll show oh, you this concept art. kind of like the... um, You know, in Ahsoka, the ship, how it's like... The lasers in the middle, and it's there's nothing, and then there's doo -doo 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 -doo. not quite like that. I love the Ahsoka ship in the way it like rotates and that kind of thing. Because I feel like that would allow you to shoot from anywhere. Oh yeah, that's way more practical. Mine's not practical at all, but it oh, looks okay. sick. <laughs> it's just a star destroyer, normal star destroyer, but a big cylinder carved out the middle of it. Oh yeah, and that's the barrel, you know. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> just, from, just simple, from terrifying. 
quick reminder for the listeners that uh, our Death Star tech, again, is miniaturized and can yes. only destroy within a certain radius. It's not going to destroy a planet. It could never. No, no, yeah. no, no. It can destroy cities or space stations, small things like that. It can't, you know, break up the crust of a planet the way we see Jeddah destroyed in Rogue One. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of so that's your tease. You that's there. where I'm heading next week. We're gonna have a big space battle, and then it's gonna transform into a big lightsaber battle, where the a lot of the conflicts of the characters get displayed through hand to hand combat. Same. Yeah. Except mine's gonna be our Death Star Star Destroyer. It's gonna rise above Hosnian Prime. We're yeah. going for it. Awesome. One other question though: with Ray's journey with the Force, does at any point in these movies she get a lightsaber? Yes. Yes. And are we doing it in the traditional sense? I say traditional, like in the sense of Clone Wars, where you have to go to a planet where the Kyber crystals are oh. and go on that little in journey? this movie. Nah. I not in not in Episode Seven, but in Episode Eight, I'm gonna be championing some not going to Illum, not getting the crystal, but I want it to be an underground process that Luke now has kind of built this familiarity with the black market and he has like Babu Freak is his dealer. Babu Freak, the key to all of this. If you refer to our Babu Freak episode listeners, I talked about him being the person who was building and wiring these components for the lightsabers and stuff. And the Jedi still has to put them together using the force and has to be connected yeah. to them. But the the creation of the components and the wiring and the technology stuff, that's handled by Babu Freak and that's his shop. And they have to kind of go through the black market to get there for each youngling that comes through to build a lightsaber. That's yeah. the process for me right now. Will that change? Almost definitely yes, but I love it right now. I think that also idea that now like the idea of building lightsabers has become a lot more accessible to other people. Kind of also puts slight more of fear of the Jedi into the public. I actually the opposite perspective. Yeah. Where it was lightsabers, they were they rounded them all up at the start of the Empire mm. and burned them all. Which I found out through these guys. Yep. Like Camilo, you mass, and Sandro told me that. Mass mm. pile. So all of the sabers. components, um, Hu Yang and his Previously, ship never. full of components and, and him building all of these lightsabers and stuff. That that's gone. There's like no semblance of that anymore. So all of the designs they have, they now have to find people who can create these components because I don't think Luke can do that. He's not a forge master or a, a welder or an engineer or anything. No, but he can build one. But he know, can like, assemble yeah. the pieces. Yeah. If you have the components, you can assemble it yourself. But it's it's actually crafting them from scratch. Yeah. I want Balbo Freak to be doing that, and I want Luke and him yeah. to have like a a, a relationship, a rapport. Because I was going to say, one of the things that Hux could kind of use against Leia is Leia's like, we don't, like, the lasers are bad. They're going to kill people. And he's like, lasers? Does your brother not carry one around? <laughs> That's a really good point. Daily? Yeah. It's like, where are you getting access to these kyber crystals? And yeah. how is that legal as opposed to me wanting to build a deterrent laser? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's fun. Hux misunderstanding how lightsabers work. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you mean to tell me that he's got, had the one crystal for the last 30 years? I refuse to. No. <laughs> He has been putting a new one in every other week, meaning he has access somewhere. Not only does he have that, he's giving them to children. (laughs) That's really great. Luke Skywalker gives crystals to children. I love the idea. (laughs) Insert another word in it. Uh, I've been trying to make this work, and I just don't know where it's going to fit, but having Hux do the smear campaign against Luke and the Jedi, that's I, I want it so bad. That was my first draft. That was the key conflict, was about like how the Jedi fit into the New Republic. You know, you know what we do? We do one of those... Uh, those things as uh, like a modern advertising tie-in, right? So we have like Hux has a TikTok, right? <laughs> Hux has space TikTok, and and it's very like it's political right-wing TikTok, and and we just you know it's like you, it's, it's not podcast. in the movie, it's a podcast. It would, it would actually be yeah. So Hux and Joe Rogan have a podcast, <laughs> oh, no. uh, and in which they yeah smear campaign, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And Joe Rogan just fundamentally misunderstands how these lasers work. Yes. And then Hux sort of understands, but not really. Yep. And it's just two people who don't know what they're talking about. 
exactly like the Joe Rogan. <laughs> See, I now don't. I really want to introduce a Joe Rogan-esque character into the background of these movies. Yeah. Okay, I should make it clear. The Joe Rogan podcast, sometimes the guests on there are amazing and they're very intelligent, but Joe Rogan's way too stoned to understand what's going on. <laughs> and he does enable some people by having some oh, people yeah. on his show. He has so. the wrong kind of guests as well. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about that. No. Um, <laughs> Something for me is, I love BB-8 being Ray's droid and the, like, the companion and stuff, but yep. they he is kind of auxiliary to the plot he doesn't seem super important to this yeah i haven't even written the words c-3po in this right yes i just assume he's by leia's side oh, you it. hate c-3po i hate so c-3po it's very easy for you to admit. he's a little british lad and i've also had r2d2 by luke's side the whole time as well yeah uh... you can you can just have a droid for the sake of having a droid they'll you'll yeah. find a way so like for some it, it will be handy for some of your stuff because you know like you're saying yeah. like we need to do this thing, cause a distraction, whatever. Droid. Hey, it's R2. No, yeah. that's fucking great. I love mm. that. Having R2 be the one who's causing the, scratch, the distraction on the other side oh, of the yeah, ship. He's a... It's like the I love that. Revenge uh, of the Sith with the, the oil and the fire. Well, if you want to get rid of BB-8, you could just have Chewie step on him. No. Sorry. Oh, my God. I love BB-8. <laughs> Kelvin's so dark today. <laughs> also, um, this is a side question. What? Chewie. Chewie Han. Han's dead. Chewie's still Chewie alive. was going to be very upset, uh, but he's just, he's going to be a part of the battle. Yeah. He's hes a side character. I'm he's, sorry. He's very upset. He doesn't get a Dark Knight of the Soul. <laughs> but I want Chewie to die with Chewie him. Chewie is now thinking to himself, about fucking time I was the captain of this ship. He's <laughs> 30 fucking years. So, <laughs> he goes into ship, he pulls out like some dice. He's like been waiting to hang these Chucks out. the dice in a box, you know, puts out his own big furry die. Well, like that's, that's exactly it, though. In the third, F, third act for me, it'll be Chewie and Lando driving the Falcon mm. and, and, yep. and flying that around in the third act, big climax uh, fight. So, nice. yeah, that'll be them. That'll be what, what Chewie's Very doing. Very good. That's what I had. I had a thought about, because, you know, we talk about making our own sort of, like, filler content just in theory. Yeah, course. we love doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, here's one. It's Hugh Young's last student. Okay. And it's Hugh Young has a, it, it, you know, there's a Patamon with his ship. They managed to escape the purge. And it is just them, those two going on the run until eventually they do die. But Huh. No, I love that. That's great. Hmm. I think I'd lose my mind. I'd be so sad, though. I don't want them to die. Right. They have to die. I know. He's a Jedi. I know. Yeah. That's um, a cute little side quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. I want to dive more into Phasma's backstory. I want to dive into the, the context of her character and what's led her to be so evil like this and be such a sociopath. Growing up in a walk and yeah, that's the thing I'm not sure on. Like I, I don't know if she was if she was there at the end of Return of the Jedi, the Battle of Endor, mm-hmm. or if she has been raised to be a part of this ideology. How I don't know what works better to you. To me, I nebulous. Right, she could okay. be thirty. She could be fifty. Right. I, don't, I don't know. She I had is... her at like forty-five. Yeah. To me, she's fifty. She is Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah, as she was, and she she was you know, there was at the a, end. Was of a Battle soldier lived through the Empire, yeah. loved it. Uh, <laughs> Is super aggressive with it and probably, you know, like grossly misunderstands some of the stuff that she does preach about, like the the order and the uniformity and some good things about that. And hence yeah. has led to her being. The economy so was never stronger. Yeah. <laughs> so that's her perspective. Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know, she then spends 20 years yep. on the outer rim trying to consolidate and build her first order. The yep. first order is like what she calls, you know, Palpatine's first order is continue the empire at all costs. Yep. Let's just say that. That's fun. Order one. That's yeah. Order yeah. number one um, is is continue the empire at all costs, and so that's her mission. That's why she calls it the first order. Great, but then for twenty years she's trying to build kyber lasers and doesn't get axed by Luke Skywalker. That's what I find difficult to believe, and that's why I think there's more to the story there. Of like, where is she hiding? What resources does she have? How does she remain invisible and hidden from yeah. the New Republic and from Leia, Luke, and Han for the interceding twenty years up until she succeeds and builds her her kyber laser and uses it? 
Also, visually, just make her like a scarier character. Visually, I would really. You don't like the chrome armor? I love it. No, the no, no. Armor. I love it. I would like to take it a step further. Okay. And have half of it melted, maybe into her face. If you're, if you're, if you're, no, 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 hear me out. If you're spending twenty minutes experimenting with lasers, something's gonna go wrong. Oh my god, you! I'm terrified of you. As if you're gonna you. catch on fire like once or twice, <laughs> get a little burn here and there. I'm just saying. You start like saying she's like, that dedicated. Let's make Phasma scarier. I'm like, I'm so scared to hear what's gonna come out of your mouth. <laughs> That's horrifying. I just think, yeah, like, especially if it's silver. Yeah. Having, like, well, because you having see, this like, helmet, like Darth, fused to her but head. it's also, like, Darth Vader-esque. Like, yeah. the idea of having, like, first, well, she has the helmet and it looks normal and she, like, takes it off to greet yeah. Finn and not only is he then physically met with the atrocities of the First Order. Yeah. Physically sees. Yeah. This, like, first time he's seeing her face and going, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> she also has a coin that was also half burnt by the laser. She flips it yeah. <laughs> anytime she makes a decision. Um, sorry, I was just trying to Google. I couldn't find it. Have you ever read this? There's, like, the Stormtrooper zombie book. There's mm-hmm. like it's 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 an old thing in legends, and I think it was like you know they got some some disease turned oh. a whole squadron of stormtroopers into zombies. I know that happens in Clone Wars. Oh yeah, oh Does yeah, it? there's one. Yeah, like... yeah, they do something like that. Huh. Clone Wars is wild. Yeah, I feel like you could rewrite that or bring that into I some could... sort of live she action has media. A live... <laughs> that is Phasma's like troops. They're just an army of the dead. Nice. <laughs> uh, I feel too like dark. that's too dark. Too dark. I feel like that's uh, desecrated ground now after the Ahsoka show and Game of Thrones and Game of Thrones. Mm. <laughs> mm. I am feeling great about Ray and her story and her journey through all of this. I think it's yeah. it's pretty it's pretty compelling. Uh, yeah, sure. You know, between you and me and like the story of of her having to de- having to choose her path and that kind of stuff. I think we'll do Ray right. I think we'll get Ben right. Yeah, we're gonna get there with Finn. So close. We've got to get there with Finn. I love his journey. His journey of starting out indoctrinated and believing in the First Order, and then over the course of this movie, seeing oh no, this is not the way to be. I've met people on the other side and they're really nice and they actually take care of me. They see me as a friend. Despite the fact that I was their enemy the whole time, they've still been incredibly generous and compassionate. And then finally waking up to the atrocities of the First Order and what they're doing and how many people they've just killed in this one movie Mm. and finally seeing, ah, shit, (laughs) I've been fighting the wrong side. I need to change my ways. Just how to do that and have him not be a main character is uh, is it's pretty tricky. Any final thoughts from you, Emily? What what war crime would you do to Finn to fix this problem? <laughs> Kill him. Um... <laughs> Funnily enough, <laughs> depending on the context, not a war crime. Was he holding a gun? <laughs> not that I saw. Throwing a random random idea out there, right? His squad fails something, and as punishment, like half of them get killed. Oh my god, they do the um Roman technique um desecration. Which is? Uh, you kill... Okay, I might get this wrong. I think desecration comes from the idea where you kill the one in 10th soldier in a, um, I think, Roman army it came from. And I think that was for abandonment. Um, so, yeah, if his army actually, like, abandons a fight or is just like, oh, I can't do that, yeah, one in 10. I mean, you could make it one in three, one in two, and just go through, kill, 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 kill. Oh, my God. I've learned so much today that I That's wish... That's history. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, I think that's going to be it for this episode. Yeah. But next week is our fourth part of this, and that will be me and Mello presenting our Act 3 and the, the conclusion of these first versions of the stories for you, the audience. And I hope you're as excited as we are to get to the end. I'm very, very curious, very excited, uh, trepidatious maybe. This has been Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, and we're here every week talking about Star Wars and writing. If you want to see more, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And while you're there, make sure to give us a like, follow, subscribe, etc., etc. We'll be back next week with part four of Fixing the Force Awakens, but until then, may the Force be with you.